Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gloria Cotton and welcome to this episode of The Delicious Truth. I wanted to throw scrumptious in there, but that's not really the name, but you know it is scrumptious. All right. Here's what we're going to be talking about today and you see you'll see why it's so deliciously scrumptious. We're talking about self-care and here's how we're going to talk about it. Self-care equals self-love. Are you caring and loving for? Are you caring for and loving yourself? That's really the deal. That's really the deal. There's a lot of talk about self-care. And I wanted to do this episode focused on that because I think some sometimes people don't have a full understanding of what it is and why it's hard for us to do it, even though our brain is telling us, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But then we don't actually do it. So this is what um, and, and I'm guilty of that, too. I want you all to know. So knowing and doing are two different things. It's not about, you know, you may have some more information than you've had when you first started listening to this episode. But whether you have the information or not, the question is, what are you doing to take care of and love yourself? See, that's the bottom line right there. We're paying a lot more attention to uh, mental and emotional self-care thanks to Simone Biles and the other athletes that were at the Olympics of uh, 2021. And I want y'all just to think for a minute, though, the, uh, you know, many people say it was brave of her and these people to speak out. It was just taking care of herself. It, yes, it did take some courage because people are still not comfortable with and scared or whatever the motivation is behind looking at mental and emotional health and care. And they just don't treat it like they do physical self-care and physical challenges. They don't do that yet. So whatever your reaction might have been about this person, this stellar goat that's the greatest of all times, athlete. Um, I didn't say that. I didn't give her that title. Other people who are in the business of athleticism said that. Um, but whatever your reaction to her and these other athletes who spoke out, I want to say thank you very much to these people. And maybe it will reduce some of the scariness about this topic. So that shout out to them. And I'm glad we're talking more in a respectful way about something we've been terrified to talk about for a long time and didn't talk about it with respect to this mental health and mental caring and emotional caring. So let's look at self-care. What is it? Okay. So according to this 
article that was published in the American Psychological Association's Journal of Counseling uh, Psychology in 27. The article is entitled Development of a Self-Care Assessment for Psychologists. Now, if you are loving the depth of that, go ahead and look at it. It made my eyes cross over, but I loved the information that was in there. Here's how they define self-care in this wonderful article. They define it as a, check this out, y'all, a multidimensional, multifaceted process of purposeful engagement. See, don't you love it already? In strategies that do two things. One, promote healthy functioning and enhance well-being. So this is what self-care is supposed to do. It promotes your health in multiple ways for your functionality and it enhances your well-being. See, we could just stop and have conversations about that for two, three days. What I'm going to do is address this. How do you go about doing this? What are the things that are important for us to look at when we're talking about this self-care and self-love? I'm going to be addressing these things. Um, And here they are. It's physical, emotional, social, mm -hmm, recreational, mental, and spiritual. That's what we're going to be talking about. Okay. And I'm going to throw uh, intellectual in there as well. So let's look at these. And as you are listening to these, here's what I'd like you to keep in mind. Not only what are they and what do they focus on, but what are the ones that you pay attention to first? What has the priority in your life? Because it would be great if it was all of these. And that's how you truly take care of yourself. Probably a few others as well. But if you do this as the foundation, as the core, as the basic, you will be a lot healthier. You and I will be a lot healthier. You and I will have a greater sense and reality of well-being or being well, okay? Instead of looking at this in a stacked way or a linear way, I'm suggesting that your mindset and your visioning is this is a self-care, self-love wheel because these things are all interconnected and it's just what's most important in this moment for you to pay attention to. So check it out. Physical. This is about your body, your physical body, and it's also about your environment. People don't usually talk about that. But it is, look at you, is your house junkie? Mm-hmm, I need some help right now on that. What are you doing to make the environment one that you can walk into it or even just thinking about going to this space and it makes you have a full body smile? That's what we're talking about. It's things that are physical, that are tangible, including your body, that nourishes and nurtures. And that's going to be a theme throughout all of this. So my question is, what are you doing to take care of your body? What are you doing to take care of your your environment? So that both function optimally, both your environment and your physical body function optimally and with excellence. Whatever physical condition you have, whatever abilities and disabilities you have, what are you doing to take care of yourself so you can be optimal with whatever that is? You know, sometimes as people age, I know this has been, well, first of all, I got arthritis when I was 18 years old, wearing all those hot pants and sizzle pants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, Baby boomers, y'all know what I'm talking about. In the winter tab in Chicago, 
Um, so most, I don't, I don't know how common that is for somebody to be a freshman in college and have developed um, little sensitivity in my knees. <laughs> but whether you have it in whatever stage of life, whatever age, many times it's older people develop these things. And as I'm getting older, I'm noticing things I used to do. There's a song thing I used to do. I don't do no more. Yeah, some things I'm not doing anymore. Some things I have to do it differently in order to be excellent. Like I walk now, I used to speed speed walk. And now, you know, I'm just strolling. I'm taking my time. Some of that is because, yeah, my body is like, okay, so wait a minute. You used to walk down Michigan Avenue in Chicago in those four inch heels, uh-huh. And just go like 10 blocks in like five minutes. Yeah, but we're not doing that anymore, okay? But what do you need to do to take care of and address that and love your body. See, this is why it is self-love in there too, because whatever the condition and however you accommodate, it's about loving your body right where it is, loving your environment, because that will affect and impact how you demonstrate self-care. Mm -hmm. So some things we need to do is, you know, we need to pay attention to our bodies from head to toe, realize that pain is there to help you out, to tell you you need to pay some attention to this instead of just becoming comfortable with it. Um, and if you have to have sustained uh, pain, of course, you deal with professionals in order to do that with as much excellence as you can achieve. So that's always the thing, checking in with doctors and other specialized practitioners. That's physical care and love. Next is emotional care and love. This is about your feelings. Listen, we need to acknowledge them, express them with love and without judgment. There was a time in my life, y'all, where I used to have a lot of judgment about what I call negative feelings, quote unquote, negative feelings. I'm doing air quotes. Y'all can't see me. So I'm just going to tell you. And so, I, you know, I was like, you know, I, anger, that's a waste of time. That doesn't take you anywhere. You know, being anxious, that doesn't take you anywhere. I was like, the only emotions that I want to acknowledge are the positive emotions happiness, fun, joy, love. Okay, so wait a minute. These tools were given to you to let you know what's going on inside your being. What's going on inside your being. Whatever's going on inside your mind, when we get to mental, we'll talk about that. Whatever's going on inside your mind, I, I now ask people, what do you think about it and what do you feel about it? Because we just don't honor our emotions enough. Our emotions have messages of love for us. They reflect on the past, the current, present, and the future. Knowing where you want to go, knowing and your emotions are in touch with your, your, not only your feelings, but your thoughts and your experiences. And they're there to say, you know what? This is what happened. How you think, what do you think, and how do you feel about it? And what can we do now so that we can express care and love for ourselves? I really got in touch with acknowledging and loving all of my emotions after Mr. George Floyd was publicly executed. I always tell people, and you've probably heard me say on one of these uh, prior podcasts, I love everybody. That's who I am. 
Uh, that's in my family. That's how I was raised. It's not work for me. That's my natural state. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that love after Mr. George Floyd was publicly executed. I wasn't loving everybody. I didn't want justice. I wanted revenge. I really did. And so as I felt those things, as I acknowledged my feelings of fear and anger and anxiety, and this is just another day of being Black in America, and all this other kind of stuff, having lived through the 60s and all of that wonderful civil rights stuff, I'm like, here we are again doing the same thing and not moving fast enough for anybody. Lord have mercy. I'm getting ready to be dead in like maybe 20 years or whatever. Hello. And is anything going to change for my children and grandchildren? No, it's not. I was not a happy person. I was not happy. That emotion was not something I was experiencing. Here's what I did. I looked at each and every one of those emotions with appreciation, with love, And I said to them, you know what? Your life has earned all of these reactions. So I'm not going to be mad at you because that means I have to be mad at my life. So I'm not going to do that. Here's what I'm going to do. I want you to know that I love you. (laughs) That each and every one of these feelings of anger and fear and frustration and hopelessness, which I I hate hopelessness. That's my least preferred one because it has the most depth and meaning for me. Uh, when I'm not feeling good about what other people are doing usually. And I said, you know, talk to me, tell me what you want me to know. Know that I love you. And when you're ready, come and let me put my arms around you and hug you. I mean, I made love to these feelings. And it was amazing because after I acknowledged them with so much care and love, they were not angry anymore. The situation had not changed, but they weren't pounding on my door for acknowledgement. This is the thing about emotions. They're there to help you with messages of love. But if you don't listen, they'll get a little stronger and a little louder. The positive ones will get more positive. And then if you ignore them, it's like, you know, anything that you have to nourish and nurture, you've got to pay attention to it. Do that. And you will see how they will energize you instead of distracting you. They will energize you and stimulate your creativity and everything. They are your partners, your emotions. So happy to have them. The next area of self-care is socially. We have to find time to cultivate and enjoy relationships with folks and events that nourish and nurture and support and energize us. Sometimes it's going to be one-on-one. Sometimes it's going to be collective. Sometimes it's going to be just you by yourself. But it's things and people that make your heart sing. People and things that you trust, you don't have to worry about. They are there for your fun and entertainment and goes right into and partners with recreational, um, which is about moving your body in a way that energizes you. Eating for energy. Y'all know the right food to eat Mm -hmm. and what you shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't eat that whole German chocolate cake. What's up with that? Just a slice might do. Things that you know intellectually. So getting ready to get into intellectual and and mental. You know you shouldn't be doing that, but it's just so good. I'll pay for it later. Yes, you will. And then it's physical care. (laughs) You see why I'm making this a wheel instead of a list. Okay. Uh, Get more sleep. And get more rest is what I want to say. Get more rest. Have you ever 
uh, gone to bed and maybe you slept through the night and you wake up as or more tired than you were when you went to bed, boo boo, that's because you didn't get any rest or you got a little amount of rest. Your brain was working the entire time. Maybe you were dreaming or maybe you were just thinking about something. You weren't completely in that deep REM sleep. Look it up, R-E-M sleep. So this is about getting the sleep that you need, but even as important and more important, getting the rest. Find time for fun, just complete fun. You can disconnect from your troubles and your worries. This is how you recharge your batteries many times, people. It may or may not be that you go on roller skating. It may or may not be that you go into NASCAR. It may be that you're just walking through the forest or on the beach. It could be that you're holding hands with your favorite person. It could be kissing your child or your pet or your partner. Maybe that's the same thing. What do you think? It's all of that, things that you do. And wait a moment, asking for help. This is part of recreational and social asking others for help. Are you the kind of person that thinks I always help other people, but you have difficulty accepting help from others? Many givers have people who are the givers of the world. They have difficulty accepting help. Some people, the culture of your family is, depending upon your gender, depending upon your age, depending upon your birth order, so many variables you're just supposed to give and you're never supposed to receive and you're surely not supposed to ask for people to help. Recreational and social. And and so you see how all this stuff is interconnected because if I don't ask for those things, I'm going to be emotionally damaged. I'm going to be hurt and my feelings are there. And please don't tell somebody to get over it. You have to work through that stuff, identify where it's coming from, and let the healing begin there. It could involve something physical. Let's go on to mental. Mental is how you're feeling, filling your mind, what you're allowing in, what you're, how you're talking to yourself. The tapes other people have made for you in your early formative years or in your high school years or your college years. It might have been last week or yesterday might be today. Are you listening to and allowing people to influence your emotion, your psychology, your physical body? Are you allowing them to enter things that uplift and nurture and nourish? There it is again. Or are you letting people and things in that are toxic and are poisonous to you? Part of self-care is, you know, A friend said to me years ago, may God bless you and keep you as far away from me as possible. And sometimes that's what you have to say to people. You have to disconnect from that toxicity. Don't argue with them. Don't even try to change them because you can't change anyone. First of all, they do that on their own if they want to or not. That's really what it is. And is it just a temporary thing? Or is it for sustainability? See, all of that stuff, you got your own stuff to worry about. Yes, I'm doing things to help you when I can, but it's never about compromising yourself. Let me say that again. It's never about compromising you. It's always an investment in the other person and yourself. 
And if it doesn't feel like that, if you're not getting nourished and nurtured, you probably need to stop doing that or do something differently. The last thing about recreational and social is developing your personal awareness about who you are. I mean, you know, there's a a term that somebody coined several years ago about a staycation. (laughs) Y'all know what that is. That's when you go on vacation, but you don't really leave your city. You might not even leave your house. You stay in your house instead of going to a hotel and just explore enjoy learning things about your neighborhood or your community or your city. I encourage you to have a staycation as you are having a date. Go on a a date with yourself to really spend time with and love yourself. Yeah, so that's mental. And then intellectual is tied to that. Are you stimulated and, and motivated and inspired? What are you learning this new? What are you learning this confirming? Um, and all of these things, what are you reading? It's like looking at your personal library of Congress that you can access anytime you want. That intellectual is about feeding your intel into your being, feeding your information into your being. That is what Intel is about. So we have those examples of the category, different categories of self-care. Now, here's what I want y'all to do. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. So what? Now what? I want you to prioritize these. I want you to prioritize these. Which ones do you do and it doesn't feel like work to you? You do it because it energizes you. It's probably easy. And when there are new things that might be challenging, you're like new puppy dog happy. Do y'all know what new puppy dog happy is? If you've ever had a little puppy, when that little puppy, when you come in the room and that little puppy is so happy to see you, they bend their bodies like it's a you almost. They twist their little bodies around. Of course, they might pee also, and we don't need to do that. But is that kind of happiness that nothing else exists but this. Which one is easy for you? Which one do you never get tired of? It could be one or two of these that you never get tired of. And the last one I forgot to say is spirituality. And those are your beliefs and your practices that keep you in touch with not only yourself, but others, all of creation, the universe. That's what spiritual well-being is. And I remember that because I was just talking about, you know, what are the things that are easy for you? What are the things that um, refresh you and nourish you? And for me, that's spirituality. For me, that's spirituality. The second for me is intellectual because I love and mental because I love to crowd my brain with information. Not everything. This is not this just enough so I can go and have some fun because recreational is important to me. See, these things are easy. I I tell my boyfriend, yeah, I got to have fun. Otherwise, I'm not going to be doing it for long. Whatever it is, and it may be important, but baby, that's somebody else's ministry. That's not mine because I don't believe in being miserable. That's part of my spirituality. I was recently hospitalized with some life and death stuff that was going on. And one of the things that as a result of that is I came out and the doctors were like, okay, so Gloria, you have to be more mobile. Not more active because I'm hella active. 
I was confusing the two. And I have never enjoyed exercise other than yoga, which I used to do in college, but I've you know, I left that alone. I haven't been doing that. Now I bought a Fitbit. I'm walking. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to get back into my yoga because I'm not pushing. But spirituality is something as I was laying in the emergency room and they're telling me, well, you know, there are three things going on that might kill you tomorrow. As they were saying that, it was a scary situation, but I was not afraid because of my spirituality. I was like, yo, come here, let me holler at you, God, because this is how I talk to God, because it's intimate. You know what I'm saying? I was like, look here. Um, tell me, is it time for me to go? Because if it is, I'm ready. Come on, let's do it. If I'm going to stay, though, I'm going to need you to take this pain away because this is not the goodness for me. And so, you know, this is my negotiation with my spirituality and all that stuff that they said were was going to kill me like tomorrow <laughs> or within the month. Yeah, all that stuff, self-corrected, healed, all of it, all of it, except one thing. I have to take blood thinners, that's all. So that for me is my number. I never get tired of spirituality, never, never, never. It's comforting, it's exciting, it's so many things. Then intellectual. Physical was my least thing. Emotional, I'm into that. Social, I'm into that. Um, But physical, yeah, that was hard for me. And I tell you this. If you ignore any one of these, you put yourself at risk because these things are so interconnected that if you let anything slide, no, it's not my favorite. And and now I will tell y'all that I'm enjoying walking and stuff like that. It's fun. My mindset has changed. So what do you have to do? So you are looking at these things as a privilege to be able to do it. You're looking at these things that are not your most preferred. What can you do with your least preferred? So you're experiencing it, maybe not as wonderfully and as thoroughly as your most preferred, but at least you're going, it's not a drudgery. It's not an imposition. It's something that I need to do so that I can enjoy my preferred even more. These are the mindsets and self-talk I encourage you to have so that you can truly not only demonstrate self-care, that's caring for yourself, but loving yourself as well. Please put those two things together. I I think people don't uh, stay uh, for the duration with self-care because they're not translating it into, I'm loving myself. And for people who think that's selfish, by loving and caring for myself, I can better and more often, more thoroughly love and care for others. Whatever you need to say to yourself that's in keeping in alignment with these things, understand that when you are doing this, it's in your highest good and you can't do anything that's in your highest good that is not ultimately in the highest good of everybody else. I hope you have gotten something from this. It was really powerful for me. I threw in there about my hospitalization. I'm fine now. You know, I'm just getting better and stronger every day. But I didn't have a question about that because of my spirituality, my spiritual care. What I had to do was adjust my mental self-care. Get your mind right, Glow. And that is what I have done got my heart right with my emotions and attesting to dealing with acknowledging and enjoying Lord have mercy 
the physical self-care. Do whatever you have to do in order to honor all of these and you will be better cared for, better loved because of it. As you're doing this, remember that, you know, I, you know, I love you. And there's a hug in your future. If you want one, you know what? I'm better able to give it to you longer mm-hmm. and stronger because I'm working on that physical. Lord, ooh, we doggies. Just get ready for it, y'all. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Thank you. Hugs in your future.